1: now here's your host, Mike Carlin.
0: Well, hello and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Diane Danvers-Simmons. Diane is born and raised Brit, who moved to America in her late 20s for business and success. After an accomplished career as a senior vice president at Saatchi & Saatchi Advertising and then Omnicom Media in New York, London, and L.A., she became a mother. Drawing from her advertising and marketing skills, Chopra Center teachings, and life experiences, Diane transitioned her skills into female empowerment activism through speaking engagements, workshops, writing, film, online communities, and mentorship in the United States and globally. She joins me today on Uncorking a Story to talk about her life and memoir, My Mother Next Door. Welcome to
2: Uncorking a Story, Diane. Thank you. Very nice to meet you, Mike. And thank you for inviting me.
0: Nice to have you here. I'm excited to dig into our conversation, but I'm going to start where I always do, which is by understanding where does your story as an author begin?
2: Oh, well, I think our stories begin from the day we're born. It's just whether we remember any of <laughs> them. And I can tell you, writing a story such as this, you do get to remember a lot of them. But this, I suppose, as an author. I always used to love to write as a kid, Um, not particularly uh, grammatically well, but creatively well. Um, But really, as an author, it all began when I was um, actually doing a lot of um, motivational speaking. And I would share this story. But just a quick line, you know, a week after my 16th birthday, when people were having a tough time. Um, I said, you know, my mother announced she was leaving, moved next door with three hot college guys and didn't even tell my father. She left it to me to tell him. So I really used that as a way to help people begin to share. And in doing that, everyone kept on saying, this would make an amazing book. You should write the book. You should write the movie. You should write the book. And so really, and also because, um, Of a trip to Morocco with my own daughter where I was going through my own marital issues and also that time of life where you're saying, hey, I've got a teenager, someone going to college, what's next for me? What what am I going to do? And I need to keep the bond in this relationship, but also look at how I'm going to grow as an individual. So it, it was a couple of things that converged to
0: start my journey as an author. So I mean, it's it's really this this line you use to like I don't know maybe break down barriers or make people feel more comfortable in you know yes. giving a talk that led to hey I mean you know, there there's a bigger story here and I and I just have to say that that does actually sound like a story I'd love to dig into so we can of you course, can there's a book you can buy you know I heard I heard a little bird told me that uh, there's a book you can buy but um, let's dig right into it then I mean okay. talk about you know. The you know, my, my mother next door, tell me tell me just a little bit more because I it my, my appetite is certainly uh wedded, I guess. Is that what well, I
2: y- yeah, it's it's really a universal story if you think about it, because it really weaves these kind of uh topical themes about relationships between mothers and daughters. Um, because it's happening in the late seventies, it's really parallel in the um the women's movement of the time that i was growing up in and that my mother clearly wanted to be part of and and was leading in her own way in her 60s um and the research you know what's happening now so there's parallels there but i think it's 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 this story that it's really about understanding our foundational relationships and the however adjusted um Positive or whatever we're feeling in life, there's always something from our foundational story that's worth understanding. And let's face it, every relationship begins with our mother. That's where we start. Um, but the actual story is really how literally my 60 year old Irish Catholic mother, a week after exactly one week after my 16th birthday, I come home from school, sit on the counter for our normal cup of tea and banter. And she turns around and says to me, I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving you and your father tomorrow. And, she, you know, as a typical 16-year-old, it's like, really, mother? You know, you threaten this every week. You don't believe her. She was always full of, you know, uh, thunder and uh, a very vivacious, you know, Irish character. Right? Call her like she's a bit like a vaudeville act, you know, dressed in an Irish outfit, doing a gig in the middle of the kitchen, singing a song. And, but anyway, so she tells me this I don't believe her. Next day, go to my Saturday job, morning Saturday job, come home from that, deathly silence in the house. There's no radio blaring some, you know, horrible old Bay City roller song. There's, um, no smells coming, aromas from the kitchen. And I run around the house and I realize she's really gone and done it. But there's no note there. I don't know the telephone number. I don't know quite what's happened, but I realize obviously the inevitable has. And so I go next door, you know, walk the open my front door, turn left from 49 to 47, knock on the green door, Irish green appropriately. And she opens the door, and I'm like, "Mom, have you really have you really left? Have you really gone and done this and she's like, "Yeah, come in, have a cup of tea. Let's talk about it." And that's where the story starts. But she also moved in with three hot college guys who are eighteen, and I'm sixteen, but um, part of it to understand the background is she'd already raised children. She had, again, she called herself a heathen in the eyes of the Pope because she had divorced her first husband. She met my father, who is 60 when she meets him. She's 45. Next thing they know, pregnant with me. What do you do back then? You get married and you bring these two teenage families together. So there's a whole complexity behind all of this and then she's a woman in her 60s wants to you know forge this new path and she does that by leaving and moving next door
0: with the uh, with three hot college guys mhm so i mean it's it's interesting because we're we're going back in time i think you said the the 1970s and yeah. just I, growing up, so growing up uh, Italian Catholic th- that I am, you know, divorce, even in the 70s, was not something that... Look, I'm almost 50 years old right now. I had no idea. It was a family secret that my mother's parents were divorced. Like, Ooh. The guy I called grandpa was not my grandfather. You know, he...
2: I never knew... I knew it. the secrets they kept.
0: I never knew. And it. it was scandalous, you know, in the 40s, because that's when, you know, it was right. before... My The guy I knew is my grandfather, wh- whose name was uh, Dr. Fauci. Um, <laughs> that's his, that's, that is Anthony's, Seriously? Uh, Anthony's uncle. Um, okay. So, but that is, um,
2: yeah, it, it, it was, was scandalous. It, 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 the only other woman behaving that way was Elizabeth Taylor at the time, but, you know. <laughs> but she could
0: get away with it because she was a movie star in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, um, and my mother probably thought she could get away with it. Here's the thing: she didn't care what people thought. She was one of those very rare individuals who, you know, she had left Ireland, and, and I mention this because it's in writing this book. One of my messages is you can't make a judgment you you can't judge people. You have to understand their backstory. She's a woman who left Ireland when she was 16 on her own to come to England to forge a new life. She's leaving me at 16 because she now wants to go and forge another new life. But in her mind, she's justifying it.
0: Yeah. Do you think that that had a lot to do with why she waited till a week after your 16th birthday to to make this move? Because she knew you could handle it if she could handle
2: it at 16? Yes. Even though I did remind her I was in the middle of my O-levels, I was at school, and times had changed since the 30s, (laughs) And I'd grown up as a princess, so it was um, very jarring. It was very tough. But I have to say, growing up in a colorful, um, very interesting, as my cousin and I call it, family, uh, where we had a multitude of religions, you know, backgrounds, they all had fascinating stories. They were all storytellers. Um, They were all much older than us. I mean, my father was old enough to be my grandfather. He'd lived through world wars. Um, So she, I I was prepared in the sense that I could see and observe in different ways, but I wasn't prepared um, really probably emotionally, to be honest. Um, But I had to get on with it because that's what you did. And also I'm British. So, you know, it really is this old keep calm and carry on character. Um, but also, you know, I'm growing up in this crazy time of the seventies where, um, you know, women were basically getting kicking ass. They were getting rights, but they were still, um, viewed as sexy women. You know, it, it was a really interesting time, but I think we didn't get so deep into it. Um, that it became something we had to dwell on all the time. We didn't have time to. Um did, so uh, I wasn't ready. Did you resent her for doing this? Was
0: there a, a period of time in your life when you resented this move that she made?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question because when it happened, she was a narcissist, you know, she definitely there was a lot of narcissism there. The way someone with that characteristic presents it you begin to feel ooh am i am i being unfair by questioning this of course she needs to do because she presented it so beautifully but also honestly it was a very tough time in the household with all the arguments going on that it made life easier on a day-to-day at home basis but it was very complicated being right next door to each other because it was literally shoved in my face every day. But then I did have the perk of these very hot college guys and going flirting with them every day. <laughs> always see the the bright side of life, as I say. Um, but I resented her, interestingly, in my later 20s. That's when I found it really hard to be with her on my own. So I would always take a friend with me. And and then uh, that was really the time I I the resentment began to fester. Let's call it that.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm curious how that may have changed as you sort of matured into adulthood and then had your own family. You mentioned sort of being on this trip to Morocco with your daughter and you know talking about you know problems that you were experiencing in your marital mm-hmm. relationship. Did did it come full circle in the sense that did you then sort of looking through the the lens of somebody who's had more experience um, and, and and sort of a daughter herself, D- did you come to understand it better or more? Or did, did you sort of put that resentment to bed
2: at all? Uh, I totally understood it. Totally. Because I'm standing at the precipice myself wondering which way to go. You know, the, my marriage is on the rocks. I'm trying to rediscover myself. Uh, My daughter is 16. Um, She was actually 17 when we went to Morocco. It was her first year of college. And I really began to understand the parallels and understand there was something triggering me because I vowed when I was 16 never to do unto my children what my mother did to me. So even though I felt like walking out the door, I couldn't do that. It it really hit me so hard, and it you know I always find it. I I'm a huge I call myself a travel holic. I'm always traveling. I love to travel. I feel very comfortable traveling, and I'm British. We tend to do that. Otherwise, the island would sink. Um, but um, you know, I I realized. It was something I thought I understood and was fine with, but this German, and I write it in my introduction actually, this German woman and her husband, the Turkish man, who were channelers of all things around this dinner table where we're drinking rosé and everything, turned to me and said, uh, this was after most people left dinner, you know, you need to forgive your mother. You don't even know me. My mother's dead. What do you mean I need to forgive her? I I forgave her years ago. They said, no, you do. Because if you don't, that will carry on generation to generation. And right now, your daughter is carrying that burden. And what I realized is my daughter was carrying the burden of being overprotective of me and her younger brother because we were going through our own family um readjustment and where we had told the kids my thing was when we were going through this your father and my relationship is going through this rough time and has changed so the the family structure has changed for the moment but the family is intact and we made sure that we did everything together and you know we are together still but we went through that time, but we handled it very differently. But it was through that period that I then started really speaking to family members, understanding Mum's story better, and I started to write the book. Yeah,
0: that's that's beautiful, and I, you know, it's it's almost like the book is, um, I, I don't, I, I get, uh, almost like a cathartic. It it's really like, is. It's kind cathartic, of but it almost like a form of therapy for you because it's like you can shed that density of that weight that you were carrying. Um, that maybe you didn't realize because you mentioned, you know, you had forgiven her, but yeah. this is more of like a spiritual forgiveness, almost like a.
2: Yes, that that's very very true. It really is. Um, and it was it was funny. Uh, well, not funny, but interesting. I was with some friends in Tahoe and. One of these uh, friends, again, she she used to work in the Pentagon, so interesting woman, but she's a channeler. She reads tarot cards, all these things. And she said to me, there's this woman sitting right over my shoulder and she's hysterical, but she's saying, I'm sorry and write the story. And she didn't know barely anything about the book at that time. She didn't really know me. So it, it was like a spiritual forgiveness. And I think, you know, one, one of the reasons of, of writing a book like this is so other people will just take the time to try and understand their relationship, understand their mother, who they were before they were born, who maybe they are now or were when they were a child. But what are, what are your mother's dreams? They're human beings. They're flawed. I mean, I'm flawed. We're all flawed. We, but we still have dreams and hope. So, it it really was. Um, I found a whole new appreciation and a depth of empathy that I didn't have before.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Um, first of all, I need to hang out with these friends of yours: um, <laughs> the German and the Turk and the woman in Tahoe. Uh, these are the kind of dinner parties I want to go to. Um, so
2: they're they're very, and I'm a Reiki master, so I can tell you a few. <laughs>
0: Uh, please not on the recording.
2: No, I won't. <laughs> Private session after.
0: But I I do think that as we get older and as we mature, we come to see our parents if we if we allow ourselves to in a uh, and that's way. it. Allow
2: ourselves to acceptance, accepting yeah. who they were and the limitations within that.
0: Yeah, and it's it's almost like a way of saying you know what, we're reflecting on your own humanity but yeah. cuz i i remember like my dad was like i wanted to to go to graduate school and become a psychologist and he's like no he's like there's no money in that go into the business world so i wound up in advertising thank you yes. but um
2: <laughs> well i wanted to be an artist and it was no there's no money in it and i ended up in advertising
0: <laughs> but but he's he's a guy who spent like 45 years at the same company american express and that's what you did and he like every time i left cuz you know in the agency world you got to move around yeah. every time i left what are you doing you got to stay ah. and then but then i come to learn like he had hopes and dreams when he was a young man you know he wanted to be an entrepreneur he and his brother came up with these get rich quick schemes that that always seemed to fail and i never got to see that side of him but it's like it's you know it's but i i can think about it now and be like okay well that that's why he is the way he is And, you know, it probably is the way, the reason I am the way I am, too. Yeah, Well,
2: yeah, and and that's the one thing. My mother gave me the courage to never allow anyone to tell me no, uh, to come to America, to write this book, to do things and be creative that I maybe wouldn't have done if she hadn't have encouraged that. I mean, I really believe I chose to be born to my mother, to toughen me up for this world and to give me the freedom to be whoever i want to be because that's who she was she was totally unapologetic and was doing you know there there weren't other mothers leaving at 60 and starting a whole new life and a new career and you know it, so there is a lot of um blessings there a lot of value
0: yeah i mean that, that that's a conversation for another time too about yeah. you know the soul and what happens and how we choose what lives we want to leave uh, yeah. next in, in reincarnation, who we pick to come oh, with. it.
2: absolutely. Um, but, I, but I do think, you know, I, I kind of end the book with um, the quote I use, the purpose of, and I'm looking at it right now, the purpose of forgiveness is to reestablish our humanity, to your point there. Um, and I think because for- forgiveness is such an important part of our being because. If we don't, we hurt ourselves. We can't move on, and we can't let future generations move on. Which is exactly what Lisa said to me.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's beautiful. I have to ask the uh, unpolite question: um, These three college guys was was there something going on there with her and these three guys? Or I mean, this I am thinking thinking late seventies here. Um, oh yeah,
2: I know it was like her only commune that she was creating in there. and she did yoga. So, can you imagine? Um, no, um, there was for me. I was flirting like crazy with one of them, and he certainly helped me with my geography. <laughs> that was great. Um, no, it, it it it's funny. There was a reporter at the um, the Observer in London brought this up. He said, "You know, d- did you feel like she'd literally said goodbye to one family, moves next door." And she's creating this whole new family, taking care of these young men. And that's what she did. So she was like a very entertaining mother for them, a mother figure. And and there was always laughter there. It was very enlightening to see this woman who was, well, this mother who was now being seen as this independent woman that I hadn't really known quite that way before so no she she was more like their mother but there was one of them that i certainly flirted with made it fun to go over
0: well uh dan where can people pick up my mother next
2: door uh they can order it from their local bookstores amazon um barnes noble um basically everywhere it is available everywhere and there is an audiobook version which I narrated myself, um, so they can pick that up as well. And okay. also, you can go to all those links on my website, Mothers and Daughters Unfiltered, which also had has podcasts on, uh, which I created with my own daughter when I was writing this book because I found or thought the conversations between mothers and daughters, intergenerational conversations are really interesting and valuable. and. Be- can be quite hysterical as well but um th- there's a lot to be learned there
0: so that is mothers and and mm-hmm. diane are you active on uh, instagram or social media do you have any handles you want to share with anybody
2: yes i am active on instagram mothers and daughters and also diane.danvers.simmons And I also have a a Facebook page, which not so active on, but Mothers and Daughters Unfiltered as well. Everything really is through Mothers and Daughters Unfiltered because it seemed to make sense that that's what the book is, unfiltered.
0: Very good. I'll be sure to put all of those links into our show notes so people can uh, look you up very easily. Dan, thank you for stopping by uncorking a story and letting me uncork yours.
2: Thank you. Thoroughly enjoyed
1: it, Mike.